This week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly sponsored by On, the legend leveled up. With more support, more comfort, and more cushioning for more fun on every run, meet the new Cloud Runner 2. From toe to heel, each element of the Cloud Runner 2 is designed to support your foot during movement. A plush tongue means total comfort and easy step in, while a durable heel clip helps to lock in extra stability and support. Visit on.com or your specialty running retail store to grab your pair today. Episode number 329 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thanks for being with us for another week. We've got a huge show coming up tonight. Big co-host, uh, guest co-host is going to be joining us. We've also got a drop-in from one of the biggest names in Australian distance running at the moment. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of news to go through. A few predictions for a Saka Marathon, which is happening this week as well. Listen to question. Might go on the loose and some whispers as well. Welcome to my co-host. He's up in Canberra. Bradley Croker, the, biggest, the best analysis in the sport. How are you going? Good, Brady. Just got uh, Lily out just, just as I started recording. Say, Dad. I'm like, Lily. I did see you do the old, uh, yeah, the face motion there to be quiet. How you going, Croaks? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, not a lot of running in the last week due to a bit of a sore hip, but uh, had some good news down in Melbourne with the heart testing. So, um, yeah, I guess good and bad news, but um, yeah, no complaints. Okay, we'll get into that because you yeah, didn't give us much information in the group chat throughout the week. I was looking at your Strava numbers, but the information you were telling me about your heart was good, so I'm looking forward to uh, yeah unpacking that in a second. Let me tell you about our co-host tonight, Croaks. People call her the Taylor Swift of the Australian running scene, the headline act and the biggest name amongst the Australian population in our sport. She's a gold medalist and two times bronze medalist at the Commonwealth Games. She also finished ninth at the 2017 World Championships Marathon. In 2016, she won the People's Choice Award at the Advertiser and Channel 7 Sports Star of the Year Awards. And in October 2022, was awarded the Australian Sports Medal. And also in 2022, was awarded the Australian Institute of Sport Female Athlete of the Year. Welcome back to the Inside Running Podcast. Jess Stenson, how are you? <laughs> thank you. Not sure about the uh, Taylor Swift <laughs> call, but no, I'm going well, thank you. Looking forward to chatting with you both. Have you been caught up in Taylor Swift-like hysteria at the moment? It's massive, isn't it? <laughs> My social media has been full of it, and my training partner, Caitlin Adams, went along. She said it was the best night of her life. It looks amazing. It, I don't, yeah. Cool. I'm not even yeah, a big it, fan it, of her music, but I'm just like, that's, yeah, just looks like a huge event. Yeah, yeah, the atmosphere looked unreal. How are you, Jess? Join us from South Australia. Thanks for giving up some time for the show again. Yeah, going well, thank you. Enjoying training and just that process of building fitness and strength uh, after giving birth, what, five five months ago. Um, so it's really nice just to be back out with the squad. I did miss that. So being able to join them for the long runs again on Sunday and, and sessions during the week. 
Yeah, well, when we see your Strava, it just gets like you just sprinkle in an upload here or there. Like we don't we don't know kind of much about how you're going, but occasionally, I think it's the long runs too. It's a bit of a Sinead diver move, just like doing the one flex upload and like, okay, we know Jess is fit because she's running 30K plus. But yeah, give us a bit of a summary of where your fitness is at. Yeah, so when I spoke to you last, I think it was in November because I remember saying mm. that in December I might start adding in some tempo runs and we went to the Air Peninsula um, over that summer period and, yeah, started adding in some some tempo work and was really enjoying the long runs over there. They were tough on the cliff tops. It was sort of windy but really scenic and came back feeling like I'd developed a, a good base over there and uh, I think got hit with some you know, 1K reps first up and they really hurt trying to run, I think it was 327s, even 325 really felt like hard work. And I remember that first session when I was trying to get to 320 pace, but it's a really nice feeling of each week, just feeling more comfortable um, with the intensity. So um, yeah, I guess I've just been uploading the, the long runs because I, I, don't really want the distraction of Strava, but I, I really like that it does give people a bit of an, an opportunity to see where you're at, and the long run is a, a good indicator of your, um, I guess yeah, where you're at with your fitness. So every now and then I upload a long run um, that I do with my my group, and they'll start to become every second week will be just a straight long run, and then the next week will be some sort of long run with a some reps or a pickup or tempo within it. And where's your mileage at at the moment, Jess, compared to sort of full load? Uh, well, the last week was actually a big one, and I think that was just because I had two bigger sessions. I didn't have intensity in my long run this week, so it was a two-and-a-half-hour versus a, a two-hour long run. And where I've got the option of elliptical or uh, treadmill run in the afternoon, I was just opting for the treadmill run a bit more mm. over the past week. So it was actually 165 Ks, which is a lot higher than, um, well, I think my previous highest was 145, but really it's um, just steadily been increasing since uh, October, November-ish. And that's about where I got to before the Commonwealth Games mm. um, because I'd had a disrupted prep for um, Perth Marathon back in 2021 now. I sort of got to 140k with a lot of cross-training. So to be honest, in recent years, years, I haven't probably gone over that 165 total. Are you surprised how well things are going, given, like, you know, it was quite well documented that you had a few ups and downs after the birth of Billy. Um, but mm. five months, you know, you're back up to 160k. Like, are you surprised how well it's gone? I, I am a little bit, to be honest. I've been nervous because I did um, a year, well, it was 13 months after giving birth to Billy. I had an injury and I've had that in the back of my mind, uh, you know, coming into this as I've been building up my load. But I feel like my body's been absorbing the training better. We've been putting a lot of emphasis on just going to bed early. So we uh, pretty much just have dinner and, and then... Um, yeah, it's, it's early nights most most days of the week here, which I think that's really helping my training and my motivation. And Dylan's as well. Um, we, we quite enjoy the routine. And nutrition has been another big focus and also just doing 
I, I can't get a big block of time during the day to do you know block of strength and conditioning but I'm doing little exercises just sprinkled throughout the day and I, I think that's helping me too so it's yeah it, it has surprised me that I've been able to get to this sort of um, load feeling motivated and like I'm enjoying it um, even probably before I came became a mum I'd hit these sorts of weeks and I just feel fatigued and really vulnerable. I'm probably most surprised that I actually feel um, upbeat and and quite strong. And I, I think that's because of the emphasis on sleep and recovery and all of those things as much as you can with a baby. Yeah. Jess, last time we had you on, I think it was the week leading into Valencia um, and you threw out some predictions and stuff. Obviously, we know what happened there. Some fast times happened, and the goal for you to qualify for the Olympics probably was a bit harder than what everyone was maybe anticipating before that event. Um, you must have looked on with excitement, but at the same time, was it difficult to be like, oh, my task to get to Paris Olympics just got a lot harder? Yeah, and it's probably going to get even harder this weekend, to yeah. be honest, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or over the next month with Nagoya. Uh you, you can't control those sorts of things. I've always gone into this particular prep just really excited about the challenge of trying to post a strong marathon after giving birth and hopefully just get back into racing. It's quite difficult to get into big races after you have a baby because you haven't posted a result for so long. So my last marathon was in New York, November of 2022. So as much as I want to... Um, run as fast as I can and ultimately I'd love to make that team I've got a lot of other goals um, and markers of personal I guess success for this race certainly uh, yeah it's exciting to see the quality of distance running in Australia at the moment and I love that it's just pushing us all to you know just be a bit brave in training try some things that we might not have otherwise and I like that I'll go into this race and that I'm approaching the prep with that mindset of just pushing, you know, a little bit harder um, within reason uh, because you have to now to be yeah. competitive. Does it relax you a bit as well? Because you're like, Ali's kind of the same we spoke about last week. You've kind of got nothing to to lose. Like it's very much like this is the time you got to run. Like you're not going to get crucified if you go out way too hard and blow up because it's like this is, this is the goal time and this is what you've got to run. Yeah, it does take a bit of the decision-making mm. out of it. You know that pace that you've got to hit if you want to put yourself in contention um, for selection. Mm. And once the gun goes, I'll be just, I guess, listening to my body. And, and if that feels unrealistic on the day, that's when I'll know, okay, I've just got to race this race today. And, you know, that that pace isn't going to be... Um, my goal so there'll be sort of the plan a b c at the end of the day um, I think feel is is the best way to run a marathon um, but we're training as if we're going to try and target that particular pace and then we'll see what happens on the day there are so many variables as you know in the lead up and traveling with a baby even more so yeah. uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah so we've been talking about you preparing for a race. Um, can, you get, can you give our listeners an exclusive as to which marathon you will be doing? Yes, yeah, so I've chosen the Daegu Marathon, which is on April 7th, which is one that I hadn't heard much about until uh, 2022. 
two when I was deciding to do a marathon um, early that year and I chose Osaka and I I was on the podcast a bit at the time and was talking about the build to Osaka and then I had ephemeral bone stress injury and, and had to withdraw from that race. Um, that was the first I'd ever heard of Daegu and then when it came to making a decision about a race for this year, my sort of needs were to have a race close to home um, so that I could travel with Ellie and I didn't want to have a big time zone change or the big long haul flights and I didn't want to be away from home for too long. Typically, if I go to Europe, I want to get in a week or so beforehand Um, and then I also wanted to give myself as long as possible within the Olympic qualifying window um, to prepare. So it had to be something in April or ideally late April, but, um, yeah, April the 7th is still later than the Japanese race options that we had. So that's why we've chosen this one. Same day as Canberra, Jess. That wasn't on your, that wasn't on the radar. (laughs) Bit hillier there, Croaks. Yeah. I mean, it would have been closer, that's for sure. And less expensive, but, uh, this is a gold label race, which is great. And it's a mixed race. And I've got a friend who ran it before when it was a three-loop course. It's now just one big loop. This is the first year with the new course. So we'll see how that goes. I kind of like that I don't have too many preconceived ideas about the race. It's a bit of an adventure. Yeah, that's good. Were you, anyone else, do you know, running it this year? Uh, no, but I'll be, yeah. Well, I saw that you've got some whispers later on. Okay, about... give us one. you got a pacemaker? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, um, potential, uh, yeah, about okay. someone who might be out, who might be considering it. Um, but, yeah, I have got, um, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, Tom, my friend who's run it in the past, might be able to come over as a pacer. So that's the plan. That's good. Crokes, you should go as well. Be a good trip for you. Well, yeah, I've got to, I don't know if I can get into that shape. I <laughs> We've got a bit of a little squad going over. My brother-in-law's coming over as Ellie's carer because Dylan's going to stay here and work and keep Billy in his routine. My sister's got the four kids. Um, she's going to be looking after at home. My brother-in-law's coming over. So, yeah, come and join us. Yeah, it'd be great group. content, Croaks. <laughs> it would, but I don't think I could run 223 in uh, in, in the space of, well, look, I got injured doing 3 by 5 k You don't have to go the ago, whole way. So. Just go to 25K, 20K. I, Take you through 5K, Jess. Do it with a GoPro. Long way to, long way to go for Upload 5K. it to YouTube. You can get some hits out of that. Um, uh, very exciting, Jess. That's going to be good. So what do we got, like five weeks? Six? Uh, six, uh, I think. Six. Six, six, six yesterday. Yeah. Seven, yeah. So you're already at, yeah, at 100 miles already. Um, you must... I don't plan to progress from there, though. That's do you of... need to, though? No, I don't <sighs> think so. Yeah, it's really, I mean... Back in 2018, I think I used to really get a lot of confidence from chasing big, big weeks of mileage. But now I'd say my confidence comes more from quality and how I'm feeling during the week. I just remember being so sapped of energy and at times quite unmotivated, holding on to, you know, those big weeks of training. I really enjoy the process more when you're just hitting some quality sessions and, getting a couple of long runs in, switching out some jogs for elliptical because I really do feel like the elliptical gives me the opportunity to strengthen other areas, you know, and can really drive through your glutes and 
Um, yeah, it's extremely boring as well, which I think is good mental training. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Um, do you want to take us through your week then? What did the Monday through to Sunday look like last week? Uh, so Monday, I was feeling a bit tired that week because we'd had the Adelaide Invitational, which was just a big weekend in Adelaide. We had a big squad out on Sunday for the run and I'd had a bit of a pickup in that run. So I went out for 60 minutes. Um, what was that? 13.74, so 4.22. Listened to Road to Osaka that day. That was the one where Reese uh, and Moose were just chatting amongst themselves. I really enjoyed listening to their training chat and Reese asking the questions about you know, what should he be running in a half if he wants to hit his goal marathon? And I couldn't believe that he, he does get doms. Yeah, do you reckon um, he makes that up? A... Surely oh, there's a bit I of mayonnaise on that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's a weird I mean, cat. I, I, reckon, <laughs> I reckon genetically he's very different. He's almost similar to Yuki. Like, you know, Yuki was going through a period there where he was racing marathon, like, pretty much weekly, and he mustn't get doms yeah, that much maybe. either. Yeah, no, that blew my mind. I'm definitely someone who can't walk down the stairs or, you know, lower to the seat after a marathon. Um, that afternoon, I did an easy 30 minutes on the uh, the treadmill at 4.45-ish. Um, that was good, actually. I'm watching something that my coach recommended, Welcome to Wrexham. It's completely oh, different so to anything I'd watch. Love it. Yeah, so do I. yeah, I'm really getting into the yeah juicy stuff now where they're starting to actually win games so that's been good um tuesday oh that was a roughie ellie's been a really a good sleeper i don't know about your kids when they were babies but around that four four and a half month mark um they can go through a bit of a regression and ellie kind of hit that and woke a lot of times during the night um for feeds so i got up and headed out just feeling a bit a bit rough. My guts just felt a little bit off, but I was really, I was happy with the session in the end. I had a 25 minute warm up jog, 18 um, Ks of 1K on off. Um, we just did sort of loops of the, the uni loop here in Adelaide and the Botanic. And I had a couple of, um, I had Nathan Pope with me and then Adam on the bike. And we were aiming for 320s for the ons and 340s for the offs. The session uh, ended up averaging 329. Um, it was a bit humid towards the end. But, yeah, that was uh, just probably a longer session than I've typically done. I feel like I've traditionally prepared for marathons by doing one kind of 8K-ish session and then a longer tempo run that probably wouldn't be quite at that that intensity and then the three by 5k session in the past was one of my biggest sessions so this was a bit of a longer session than what I'm used to um, but I enjoyed it and I did an elliptical session that afternoon for 30 minutes uh, the next day again Elliot had a bit of a roughie but uh, got up early and ran with Jacob Cox um, so I tend to run before Dylan goes to, to work at the moment. So it's nice to sort of head out in the when it's dark and the sun comes up. And, yeah, I really enjoy these early Wednesday morning runs with Jacob. That was 22.4 k. So, 
yeah, just over an hour and a half. I had my first massage um, in a long time that afternoon. She worked through my hip flexors and I walked out just feeling taller and, yeah, just up and about. I love – I hate actually having my hip flexors worked on, but it makes you feel so good mm. afterwards. Uh, 30 minutes on the elliptical that afternoon. Thursday was 70-minute um, jog, 16.1Ks. Um, and – Ellie had self-settled that night, had a good night of sleep. So I was feeling, yeah, I was pretty uh, happy out there. It was a really nice morning. Got out around this um, horse paddock loop. Really enjoyed that one and did 30 minutes of strength and conditioning at the gym uh, later that morning. Billy's uh, off to kindy now and uh, Ellie had a little trial at the gym crèche. So that gave me the opportunity to do that one. And then 40 minutes on the treadmill that afternoon. And that was the Mori plant um, meet that night, which I, I loved watching. Friday, 5K warm-up, 4 by 2.2K. So that's one lap of the uni loop. I'm not sure if you've run much in Adelaide, but we have this loop that's marked every 200 metres, 2.2Ks. I did that with Lachlan Scott, um, Nathan Pope and Finn, and we were aiming for just under 320s. Um, we basically, yeah, averaged 318 to 19 for each of those reps. 20-minute um, cool down, 30 minutes easy on the treadmill that afternoon, 6.4Ks. Saturday was a nice relaxed 10K. Um, I was listening, I, I enjoyed listening to Andy Lee actually on a podcast called um, No Filter. Uh, that morning it was a good run and then on Sunday I had my long run with the group we did two and a half well I did two and a half hours I did 50 before I met with the squad we went up um, Waterfall Gully it's quite a big uphill run for about 40 minutes and then straight back down it and uh, that was with Isaac and Clarky for a lot of that run 35.78 k so that was a 413 average and that's really because we got going a bit on the downhill so yeah, that was good, the week. Good week. What a, mm. What was your average pace for the week, do you know? It'd be pretty quick. How can I see that? Is, Is that it on your Strava? Or... I reckon Strava. you can do that on Strava, can't you, Crux? I'm just thinking those longer uh, sessions plus the, you, like your Wednesday, your 22K, that must have been around 4.15, 4.20. Then the long run being pretty quick as well. Yeah. Which might, might put you to sort of Crux. because I just did jogging <laughs> for a couple of months. That was where I settled into my jogs. It was that sort of 4.13 to 4.15. And I knew that as I added in sessions, that would slow down a bit. But it is just sort of where I find my rhythm a bit on some of these jogs. Uh, it tells me my Nothing time. wrong with that, Jess. Don't stress, I'm Jess. like that as well. Don't stress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would have been, yeah, been a nice quick pace, I reckon. That's good. Yeah, you've got to be confident. Like, there's some good quality know, in like, there. Yeah, I... It's. I'm getting some good feedback from training, but I still feel like there's a lot of unknown. Mm. Um, I've got to keep, you know, getting through the the training over the next six weeks um, without getting injured. And I know that I'd be, I guess, burning a lot of energy at the moment just with the feeding and and the training. So I've just got to keep getting the calories in and the protein in after sessions and. Um, hydrating well I'm just 
yeah, really trying to focus on those things. In the past, I'd say when I've been training this hard, I've been juggling a lot of uh, work commitments as well. It's actually really nice just, you know, being being a mum and running at the moment and not worrying too much about those other work commitments. I found that's freed me up to just be able to um, chill a bit more. Yeah, you were on the mic though. You enjoyed that job at uh, the Adelaide Invitational and the cause last year in the commentary box, weren't you? Yeah. So last year it was a really last minute call up, and I didn't know how to prepare for it or what to expect, and I was pretty overwhelmed in there. And I I tried to say as little as possible. <laughs> and then this year when they asked, I thought, oh, now nah, this is a chance to redeem myself. So I said yes, and I went and did a whole lot of research went on the meeting a few days um, before the meet with the team and they said, you'll be on the ground doing interviews. So I was like, oh. <laughs> but it was still helpful to have learnt a bit about all of the athletes. And it's it's pretty daunting when you get an earpiece in and they couldn't hear me at all. There are a few technical issues. So they would say, okay, Jess, we want you to interview this person. Give me a thumbs up if you've heard me. I'd give them a thumbs up. And then Bruce or whoever would throw to me. And then for them, it was just silent. So they had to see me kind of hand Stop. the microphone. Yeah, yeah for anyway, mm. for them to know that I'd finished. Um, and at the beginning, I was interviewing them with my earpiece showing. They're like, Jess, like, put the earpiece in the other ear. <laughs> You've got it like dangling down in front of the <laughs> Just little rookie errors like that. But it was fun. We only get a real small space of time as well. Like you've got a, you know, a 30 second window to yeah, try to be oh, creative of, with. Of course, afterwards, I was like, oh, I would have loved to have asked this and that. But in the moment, you're just panicking and thinking, what can I quickly ask? Yeah, that's good. Croaks, you want to whistle through your week? Yeah, I only ran three times, so it won't take long. Um, yes, yeah, so Tuesday was my first run. So we're down at the lake. Um, if we had a track available, we would have done like two sets of 10 400s um, with 30 seconds between the reps and like two and a half minutes rest between the sets. Um, but because we we're training in the morning, that wasn't an option. So we just did 10 by 80 second reps with 30 seconds between the reps and two minutes 30 between the sets. I really loved this session. This was something that sort of Christian told me about, like a bit of the Norwegian style where because you're only getting 30 seconds recovery, you can't actually run the reps too fast because you just, you know, you don't recover in 30 seconds. So he always told me it was somewhere between sort of 5K pace and 30 minute sort of pace, um, probably starting on the more conservative side. So I averaged 306s for the first set um, and then felt like I was working pretty hard. But then the second set after two and a half minutes um, recovery like I felt really smooth and my last few reps were probably low three minutes and, and a bit under for the for the last one um, but about probably three reps from the end my hips started to get sore so I remember I mentioned last week after that three by 5k session I I felt the side of my hip and it was quite tender like it wasn't sore to to run and so I ran on Saturday no pain ran two hours on Sunday no pain warmed up for this session nothing um, and then, yeah, just the last couple of reps, it got sore and it was sore during the cool down. So I was like, ah, shit. And um, anyway, yes, yeah, so that was Tuesday. Wednesday, I flew down to Melbourne in the morning, had testing that afternoon and then flew home. So it was a day where I didn't have to run because um, the, the max test was on the bike. But that all went really well. They they looked at my loop recorder data from the last few months and there was nothing that stood out there. Uh, my heart rate trace was very similar to when I had the test in October, which 
Andre said to me, look, if somebody came in not knowing anything about them and I saw this, like I wouldn't be that concerned at all. So he gave me the all clear to like run a bit more, like, you know, 120, 130K, um, even, you know, jump in some five and 10K races. He did send me off for a blood test just before I left. Um, my flight got in at nine o'clock, got home at 9.30 and then my phone rings at 10 p.m. It's the hospital. Like, oh, oh just no. calling to let you know that your um, troponin has come back elevated. And I was like, oh yeah, I've, I've heard this before. Cause that was the call that I got yeah. in Canberra that sent me to the hospital. And back then it was like 150 maybe. And I think the normal level's under 25. And I said, oh, what what is it? Uh, they're like, oh, it's 450. And I was like, oh, um, which was about the same as it was when I got tested back in June when I was first diagnosed. But I spoke to Andre the next day and he said, look, this doesn't change anything at all. That They're doing a study on troponin, which is an indicator of heart muscle damage. But he thinks that people that have had some heart issues in the past, their body starts producing antibodies. So it'll show up high in, in a blood test, but it's the antibodies, not so much the heart damage. So he's not concerned by that at all, um, which was good. So... Yeah, so that was all positive news other than I'd had a bit of a sore hip. Um, it, it did settle quite well with any inflammed. So decided to take Thursday off, uh, went out Friday for 30 minutes, uh, 423s, and like, I really didn't feel anything at all. Like it was still maybe a bit tender to, to touch in certain areas, um, but there was no pain running. Saturday morning, I met a few guys that were doing park run. Uh, and then helped out a few guys that were doing a marathon specific session on the bike. So by the time that finished, um, it was pretty warm. And I thought, oh, I'll just take another day off and, and maybe try and get through some sort of long run. So, yeah, met, um, actually ran with the, the guys that finished first, second and third at the park run on the Saturday, ran with them on the Sunday. My plan was to hopefully get through 90 minutes if it was completely pain-free, but about 50 minutes in, it was like a one out of 10. I'm like, oh, there's, just, there's no point pushing for an hour and a half. So I stopped at an hour um 14k 418s uh like it's pulled up pretty well so it was a week of 40k uh, i'm off to see the physio tomorrow um but i think it's something it's, i think it's pretty minor in that you know like i can run for an hour and like j only just feel it so i've had almost you know haven't done a lot in the last week so i'm hoping that by the end of this week i'll should sort of be back to back to normal Bad timing though. Get the AOK <laughs> to start doing some more Ks, and then all of a sudden yeah. the hip flares up. Well, my plan was to always have a bit of a down week this week because I'm like, you know, I've strung together a really good block, and I was confident that everything was going to go well in Melbourne. So I'm like, you know, I'll have, I'll have a down week this week, and then I'll be able to ramp it up to like 120. Um, but yeah, and it's funny how you just when when running's taken away from you, or you get a niggle because I've had like pain-free running for quite a while. You sort of take it for granted and then you get this niggle and you miss like three or four days and three or four days feels like four weeks when you're used to running most days um but i'm, I'm definitely smarter than i used to be like I, I would often run through a fair bit more hoping that it would just improve whereas now i'm at the point where it's like well that's not enjoyable and often you know a one week injury turns into like four weeks uh, or more so um and because i don't have anything like i'm not like jess that has like a deadline on the 7th of april it's like well it, yeah it doesn't matter if it, i take three weeks off um and just start building again the main thing is just to have a have a body that's 100 percent healthy yeah well said yeah. good work so how many case for the week 40 40 on the dot that's oh, still all right about that still all right what do you think of Ma melbourne uh -oh. down the back 
was that enjoyed Melbourne for the day? Uh, yeah, like I didn't have much to do. I actually hung around the airport a little bit, um, just yeah, because I didn't really have any plans. So I actually watched a fair bit of Netflix. Oh, what are you watching? Universe. Oh yeah, you like I, that? I smashed, smashed a few episodes of that. I finished it now. What, yeah, about, it was good. what about my boy Travis Fermel? Enjoy him. <laughs> yeah, Ragnar. Ragnar. You gonna ask something, Jess, and I cut you off? Yeah, I was just interested. They've given you the all clear to jump in some five and ten k races. Do you mm-hmm. think there'll be a point where they give you the all clear to run, you know, half marathons or, or marathons? Is is it just a matter of keeping this consistency, and then you might be able to increase things down the track? Or yeah, yep. So I think actually, like racing a half marathon is probably safer in a way because the yeah. intensity is a little bit lower than a five or a ten. Um, but the, the plan now is to have another review in June, which will include an MRI. So that will be about 12 months since I had the initial MRI that showed the scarring on my heart. Um, yeah. And so he's happy for me to yeah tick along at 120 to 130 for the next few months, which would lay like a massive base. Like I, I can get really fit off 120, 130K a week. Um, and then if everything's still tracking well, um, MRI shows that nothing's really changed in that time, then... Uh, he has said that you know there's um, the chance that I can then start to train for like a marathon. Yeah, just can so, um, the troponin level test. Yeah, he's not <laughs> until well, that study not, comes no out. No more of those. Yeah, well, he, he said he would. He said because of the study, they would re-spin that blood test where they can actually then break it down to what's antibodies and what's yeah. actually like true troponin and, and dangerous, I suppose. Um, yeah, so he's not concerned, and I'll just go uh, on what he says. Um, yeah. Good. I'll whistle through this week because we've only got about six minutes until a guest is going to join us. Uh, Monday, 12K, 4.41 pace in the morning. And then I did uh, half an hour on the treadmill in the afternoon. What do you guys like like two weeks out from the marathon? Like I find mentally this week is like, like, like race week's all about what can you do to get to the start line as fresh as possible. Whereas two weeks out, it's like you still want to be doing a bit, but you don't want to do too much. It's kind of like mentally, I don't really like this week much. What are you like two weeks out from a marathon, Jess? Yeah, I'm similar to you in that regard. You feel really comfortable cutting right back on the week of, and you've got so much to think about with your carb loading and just the logistics. But two weeks out is is an awkward one. I think it's just about making sure you don't get sick or injured. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. And like I had all that this week. I swear I had COVID for a couple of days at school <laughs> on Sunday. I was like, I think I've got a femur stress fracture and I don't even know where my femur is. <laughs> I'm just like, I've cooked this whole marathon prep like in the last two weeks. So that's what was going through my head the whole uh, the whole week here. So easy jog on Monday, then easy jogging again on Tuesday with 12K in the morning and then 7K in the treadmill in the Arvo. Uh, Wednesday I did a workout. I did 2 by 5 k I just want to try to lock into marathon pace. So I wanted to see if I could hit uh, 16.25 twice for the 5Kers. And I did. I went 16.24, mm. 16.24. See the splits on that Strava there, Croaks? 17, yep. 17, 17, 17, 17. Yep. That's perfect. That's what we need. I just need to do that that's, eight times yeah. this Sunday and we're right. That's often that's often my go-to in that, uh, like, yeah, I guess a week and a half or so before the race. Um, just something, yeah. Couple of longer reps at marathon pace, but not long enough that it's going to, you know, leave you too fatigued. And that's where your head's at too. It's just like that looks like a really easy workout because <laughs> it's only two by five k. But if this was just the middle, if this was just like training for a ten k or a half marathon, this is exactly what you'd be doing. Yeah, like two by sixteen minutes. It's pretty close to not far off your thre- threshold heart rate. Um, felt good though. It was cool. It was like twelve degrees, and I was like, oh. 
this is a bit fresh. This is a bit um, nippy. So I'm not sure what it's going to feel like on Sunday when it's five degrees, but that was nice. Two minutes jog between was enough. Um, then 30 minutes on the treadmill in the afternoon. Thursday did 12K, 4.47 pace and didn't double that day. So I'm starting to cut out a few doubles. Uh, Friday, 14K at 3.59 pace and then 30 minutes on the treadmill. And then Saturday, I did seven by two minutes um, with one minute float between. I was tossing up between this workout and Mona Fartlek. And I went with this one thinking it would be easier. And I also didn't want to be doing like the four by 15 seconds at the end of Mona Fartlek. I'm like, that's really like pop a calf kind of like workout <laughs> at the very end of a marathon block. But then this one, like I don't know about two minute reps. They always look way easier on paper than they are in the actual workout. And I suppose this one's 14 minutes of hard running, whereas Modifat likes 10 minutes. Um, this was hard. Like I averaged oh, probably like 258, three-minute pace for the two minutes on and around like 330 for the floats. But yeah, this um, I was pretty cooked at the end of this one. So it was a yeah good bang for your buck, 20-minute uh, fartlek. To, um, Did you say, though, that you had a 14K or at 359s the day beforehand? Yeah, yeah, which isn't... I suppose I had, well, I had Thursday pretty easy. Maybe I was carrying yeah. a bit of fatigue from there, but um, yeah, I think, yeah, maybe a bit of that. It's like 14K and then probably it was 6K on the treadmill, so a 20K day. You know when you think they're going to feel easier as well? Mm. You're just like, oh, a 20-minute workout, this would be a piece of cake. And you're probably expecting that you're fresh already, whereas you're probably still a week off yeah. being fresh. So, um, yeah. That's yeah where you get you're to really the... only freshen up a few days before mm. the race with the marathon off. And even though yeah. you're doing that easier work, whether it's psychological because you're overthinking everything, but I often feel quite lethargic, you know, in those um, those Monday, Tuesday runs of race week still. Yeah, I'm 100% the same. So um, also didn't double that afternoon. And then Sunday, 16K at 4.31 pace in the morning. And then 25 minutes on the treadmill in the afternoon, 129k week. That's race week, which is good. Um, that's good to get to this stage. I know not everyone does. So I always, you know, I don't take for granted getting into race week injury-free and healthy. And um, yeah, I feel like excited now too. Like it's, yeah, getting pretty close to to getting, you know, just looking up all the things you got to pack and checking in on flights and booking cars in for parking and doing all those little things because it's, yeah, it's all going to become real this weekend. Nervous? Are you taking a lot of your food over with you or yeah, are you just going to buy it? I am. That's a good question. Um, I'm going to take the a lot of the precision hydration stuff that we got sent a couple of, uh, oh, probably two months ago. We reviewed it all last month though. So I'm going to take a whole lot of the uh, the chews just to like easy mm-hmm. to chuck into the backpack and stuff. Also going to take a bag of the carb mix just if I'm struggling to get carbs in, that's um, pretty easy to chuck it in a 500ml drink bottle and, and kind of get 80, 90 grams pretty easy there. Um, and then just like packet stuff like the muesli bars and um, I'm not sure, I don't think I'll be packing anything that's going to get taken off me when I walk in there. Um, so yeah, just basic stuff. Sorry, Croaks, were you going to say something? Oh, I just said, uh, are you nervous? nervous? Not really, not really, because I think... Like the plan is very much like a conservative plan. So it should be, um, I'm not going to use the word easy, but like it's going to be very simple for the first 30, 32K that I've just got to execute a plan that hopefully my fitness is um, very capable of executing. And then just, yeah, hopefully get the job done in that last 10K. So that's six, what, 6930-ish, is that the plan? Yeah, probably anywhere between like 69 dead and 6930-ish, depending on where the um, where a pack forms. 
like I want to do no work. Like I just want to just sit in and, and do some stuff from there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's going to be good. Hey, um, can I tell you guys about who our guest is in a second before I add them in? Yep. She, she's been nicknamed the future by Bruce McAvaney after mm-hmm. this, uh, this run that she had at the Murray Plant Meet on, um, when was it? Thursday night. Thursday. She's, she's the Australian under 20 and under 18 record holder um, for the 1500 and 800. She is a member of the OAC, it's called OAC Oceana, isn't it, Croaks? It is. Trying to get her on the line at the moment. One of the most exciting juniors Mm. that are coming through. Probably not just a junior, but one of the most exciting uh, people we've got in athletics at the moment. I think I've got her on the line now. Claudia Hollingsworth, have I got you there? Hi there. Yep, I'm here. (laughs) Oh, perfect. We were trying to like pat a bit there while we're trying to add you to the conversation. We've got uh, Welcome to the Inside Running Podcast. We've got Jess Stenson here as well as a bit of a fill-in guest host. And uh, Hi, Claudia. Hi there. Bradley Croker out of Canberra as well. Thanks for giving up some time on a Monday night. Oh, no worries. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Ah, No stress at all. Hey, you must be stoked with the run on Thursday. Yeah, I was yeah, really happy. Still sort of only really just coming down from all the emotions of it all. Pretty pretty tired, honestly, coming down from all of that. But yeah, really happy. Yeah, congratulations with the uh, under 20 national record. But like, what are you thinking? Because I was watching it at home. Like, there was a pretty star-studded um, field, like when we're talking about women's 800 meter running here in Australia. Like, do you get intimidated and stuff on the start line in a field like that? Or is it all just take it and uh, yeah, deliver? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we have such depth at the moment in the in the women's and all the names that were lining up in that field are definitely um, crazy good runners and it's always such great competition when we all run together. Definitely get sort of intimidated and so nervous. I'm never not nervous before a race, no matter what level it's at. Um, but I think having Craig there as um, my coach just to put things into perspective and we kind of just went into the race thinking this is such a great opportunity to run with, you know, the Australia's best at the moment and um, really try go for a quick time or just get the race experience with those girls um, was really the mindset going into it so on the on the line I was definitely nervous and but more excited just to see how this race goes and yeah just to get great experience and to be hopefully pulled through to a quick time does anyone make you more nervous than anyone else um, that's a good question um not really honestly I could be running in a school event and I'd be so nervous it's just sort of in my nature to be so nervous in any race but um no I don't think no one gets me more nervous than others they're all such great abilities and um really exciting to race but no I couldn't pick one over anyone else yeah and the messaging from Craig beforehand like is it is there a specific tactic on how to win the race or what to do or just pretty much trust you to go out there and execute it um, we definitely have a few sort of chats before the race about how I'm going to execute it. I'd um, never go out without a plan. I sort of, that would make me even more nervous going out, sort of not knowing what to do. But um, the chat before was more just get out there and have fun and really use this as a great experience and opportunity to yeah run against the best at the moment and see where I'm at as a sort of 800 season opener and just mm. see where my fitness is at especially with the speed work because um, my training at the moment has just been reflecting a lot of 1,500 metres sort of training. So we didn't know where um, where I was at in that sort of speed side of things. But, um, yeah, just sort of sit in and get a feel for the race and um, take off at about 250 or something if I, if I had the legs and sort of left it a bit later because didn't want to pass around the bend or anything like that. But um, surprised myself with feeling good and, yeah, executed it sort of how the plan was. 
Did you have an idea that Bandiri was going to go out quite hard? Is that something you're aware of because you train together or um, your plans are all very uh, independent? (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's a good question too. We do do so much, you know, all our training together. But I think when it comes to racing, you know, we're still competitors, but um, all in a sort of healthy way. Um, But everyone has their own plan. And Yushi's been training so well in um, training at the moment. So I knew she was going to go out really hard. didn't know the exact sort of plan she was going for, but um, she's so strong off that first mark. So I think um, it was in all her best interest to go out really hard, and that's exactly what she did. And, um, yeah, she flew for that, um, you know, first half. It was so great um, and good on her, so brave. But, um, yeah, everyone in the team definitely has their own thing, and Craig likes to talk to us individually, which I think is still yeah. nice to keep that sort of um, competitive sort of nature in it, but it's all in a all in a friendly way for sure. Yeah. And Claudia, now that you're um, you finished school and you're you're pretty much like a full time pro, has has uh, training changed much? Um, yeah, just definitely actually, just sort of the timings and um, how much I can fit in in a day. Sort of school always took that um, energy out of me. I guess I couldn't train much in the afternoons because I'd either have homework or I just wanted to have a sleep. Honestly, so I think just the the training load has increased a bit, not not too much, but um, just increased and definitely the recovery and amount of physio and those important things that I can get done and the sleep I can sort of get that sort of side of it has changed and just more a professional lifestyle of going into training into Richmond with the whole team um, when training starts and, you know, doing physio when it's meant to and gymming all together and those sort of things. And I think that's actually really helped me having um, a balanced routine rather than almost having running on the side on the side of school and trying to just squeeze in you know a bike session or just get my run in after school so I think yeah it's definitely definitely helped and given me the time to sort of focus on running as a whole and what does a standard week look like now like Monday through to Sunday yeah um so Monday mornings is normally speed work in the morning and um if we do speed work I'll do a double in the afternoon um we have physio on Mondays and just try to get as much sort of nutrition and recovery on that day after um, a long run on a Sunday and then Tuesday track a um, bit of a cross train in the afternoon again gym on that day uh, Wednesdays I've got physio and pliers in the morning I uh, normally do just an easy aerobic jog or um, a cross train depending on how I'm feeling then Thursdays normally a threshold day or K's or whatever happens on a Thursday, whatever Craig's sort of thinking, um, depends on like the timing of the season we're in and if we're racing and I'm normally, I still really enjoying swimming. So I'll get in the pool on a Thursday and Friday's just another aerobic run and maybe jump in the pool again in the afternoon and with physio again on Friday. And then um, Saturday we'll normally do hills, um, bit of gym and Sunday long runs. So yeah, it's pretty busy. Most days are training in the morning, bit of break at lunchtime and then training back again at four or five-ish. So, yeah, busy day, but I'm really, really enjoying it. And just on that week, just two quick questions. One, like how long is your long run at the moment? And you talk about speed work on a Monday. Like obviously that's not an overly taxing session because you've got like you know, an interval session on the Tuesday. Um, so what does that speed work look like? Yeah, so it's been changing up a bit. I only really just started doing speed work, which I've actually really enjoyed. We normally do a 12K on a Monday, but to change it up to sort of um, up at Falls Creek, we were doing, you know, 40s and 60s and 90s and finishing with a 120. And I actually, I found it quite hard to sort of 
uh, switched to such speed and definitely found it difficult. But the more we've done it, I'm really, really enjoying it and just getting up to top speed for those short distances and at really respects a sprinter's training because you think, oh, they don't run too far, but it's definitely at that top speed and can pull up a little bit sore the next day. But my body seems to be handling at the moment. So, I mean, today, oh, is it Monday? Yeah, today, for example, we did just some one, 120s and that's all, but the benefits seem to be really great at the moment. And what kind of pace are you jogging at, like when you do your long run and stuff? An easy jog? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. It sort of depends on... Um, who I'm running with so this Sunday was um with a few of the up with the boys and sort of get rolling up to um sometimes 4.15s 4.10s average but um normally around 4.20 average for a long run or 4.25 yeah and how long how long is that is that like 90 minutes or um it, yeah 18k at the moment yeah hey um I think when I oh, oh sorry Jess, hey, so when I first met you I think it was in Sydney at Nationals a few years ago I think you were still playing a couple of sports was it football you were playing for a while there yeah I think I would have been doing a few back in uh, Sydney Nationals because through school we just do lots of touch footy swimming um yeah I was definitely doing uh, AFL footy I think yeah. I still do it then I did um stop because of injury risk but um I wish I could still keep playing it I love that um team sport side um, but, yeah, definitely playing footy, I think, back then. <laughs> yeah, so it's only been in the last, what, sort of six six to 12 months that you've just been focusing on running, is it? Yeah, I'd say maybe more um, a year to two years I sort of yeah. stopped footy. Um, I loved it. It was definitely a hard decision, but um, I just wanted to, yeah, give my all at running at the moment. Hey, um, looking at your, the way you closed the last 50 metres, I watched the uh, the handicap. Was it a K at stall? You did the same thing, like the last 50 metres of the Murray Plant 800 and the stall 1K handicap race. Like you have this ability to just change gears without making it look like you're changing gears, but you have to kind of look at all the ladies around you and notice how much you're kind of putting them to the sword. Like what goes through your head with 50 metres to go and is there a certain like cue that you kind of activate for that to happen? Like it's it's hard for me to explain what, what I'm talking about here. Go back and watch the footage. But, mm. yeah, it happens so effort, effortlessly and you just seem to destroy people in that last 50 metres. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's a bit of a um, flick of the switch in the brain. It's like, all right, we're, we're going to go now. And it's um, sort of a big decision when, when you take that you know when do you make that move and I think um it's just when you're feeling good and you know you can make the distance and I think it's just exciting especially at um, Maury Plant with the crowd cheering and I could see the finish line and I was feeling really good and my legs felt good and I just thought this is such a great opportunity like go now kind of thing and it's definitely a flick in the um, switch in the brain and like also just a bit of excitement like there's an opportunity to either get a time or a win stall was a bit different I honestly thought I was out of that race a bit about halfway through I just didn't have the mindset for it but um it was more my actually my family I could just hear my dad um yelling hard at me like in an encouraging way and I was like oh suddenly clicked in my brain like I better better go better do something here so I think it is a bit of a flick of the switch but more excitement and if the race is going well and you feel good I think it's just I don't know, you sort of think it's a great opportunity to run fast, but, yeah, I'm not sure. I just I like closing hard and feeling relaxed during the race and, um, yeah, finishing hard is what I enjoy. Do you reckon your dad had some money on with the bookies at store? <laughs> <laughs> yelling so hard? 
I don't think so. I think we joked about it a few times, but he wouldn't. He would never do that. Never put that extra pressure on or anything like that. Yeah. Hey, how do you deal with the pressure? Like you finish finish that race on Thursday night. Bruce McAvaney kind of calls you the future of Australian middle distance running. Like you're so young, but you've achieved so much so far. Like how are you dealing with it all? Yeah, um, sometimes it gets a bit much. I sort of try block it out and just really ground myself and Craig's bit of that just to, you know, bring me back to training and, you know, it's only small steps so far. Um, we only take things, you know, race by race. But, the yeah, sometimes the pressure gets gets a bit, but I sort of just remind myself that, you know, I'm not trying to add any pressure on myself and it's um, really great sort of publicity and excitement what people are saying, but I just sort of not block it out because it is, you know, encouraging and exciting, but sort of just remind myself that how young I am and it's okay that to fail and get back up and try again. And obviously this season going to have to try lots of different things in racing. So um, with, you know, less experience under my belt, I'm kind of just going in with, you know, not putting too much pressure on myself. But as I said before, I just get crazy nervous before a race. Honestly, no one would want to be around me. I know my family and my mum, if we're driving to the track, they know how silent I get and how much I don't talk and it's not in a rude way. I just get so nervous. So I think especially after Mori Plant, this publicity that's come about, it's so exciting. But um, I just sort of try just look look to training and look to the next race and not um, think about it too much. Claudia, which um, event are you going to compete at at Nationals or are you going to do both? I haven't seen the timetable, so I'm not sure whether it is possible to um, to double. Yeah, I honestly also have not um, looked at the timetable. Um, I think it might be a bit tricky to do double because um, you'd want to, you know, give your best shot at mm. at least one, not do both sort of half. But um, I'm not too sure yet. I still actually don't know what I'm going to run at Canberra. I need to have that decision with um, chat with Craig. Um, I'm entered in for the 1500 metre at Canberra um, at the moment, but um, we'll see. I wasn't expecting to run, you know, mm. that quick time so early on in the season. So it was especially my training's been reflecting such 1,500-metre work. So that was always the goal, but um, I still need to have that chat with Craig. We um, haven't talked much after the race, so we'll have to re- reconsider the distance. But um, in all honesty, I'm not sure right now. So you haven't spoken to Craig about the potential of making the Olympics? Were you 0.5 um, off? Sorry to interrupt. 0.5 off for the 800 for the time? Yeah, 159.3, yeah. Yeah, 0.5 off. In your first one. So that's yeah. got to be achievable. <laughs> yeah, I like to think so. I think um, it's still such a long season ahead. Like I know the Australian season, there's only two or three more races and nationals to go, but um, we're heading overseas soon. So it's all that opportunity as well, which makes it sound like a pretty long season and um, quite mm. exciting to have that opportunity to get a quicker time. But um, yeah, in all honesty, I haven't chosen. And um, like your question before about talking about the Olympics. Um, Craig raises it sometimes and he's going to help me and we're going to do all our best to try, but um, we won't be disheartened if we don't make it. Like you said, I'm still so young and I will be so excited to represent Australia at um, World Juniors if I um, choose to go do that and get picked for that team. So, um, I mean, it definitely is a goal and a dream, of course, like many people, but I won't be too disheartened if I don't make it. Good attitude. <laughs> Last one from me. Did um, like were you a fan? You were saying how you played a lot of different sports a couple of years ago. Like, were you a fan of athletics then and looking up to people who you're now racing? Like, is that weird? Pinch yourself kind of moments. Yeah, I guess it is a bit weird. Um, I sort of came from a 
you know, came into running a bit differently to I feel like most runners did. I never did little athletics, so I was never in the running sort of world. I never um, looked up to anyone, and I don't mean that in sort of like a, a bad way, but I just sort of had no idea about this whole athletics world. Um, played so many other sports before I did running and then kind of fell into it just through running an all right cross-country race in year seven and Craig sort of picked me up and said do you want to come train with me and it kind of went from there really um, so if I'm being honest not not really looking up to many of the athletes obviously um, it's exciting watching them all but I felt like I came into the opens at sort of a youngish age I think my first national open was at 16 or something so I think I was still young and I mean definitely in that race when I was racing cat I was honestly like oh my goodness this is crazy and she's so great and then but I feel like I was racing them so early on it they were almost competitors before my idols if that makes sense but um yeah I guess I came into the sport without idolizing anyone too much yeah probably a good thing to have all those different sports isn't it seems of studies out there to prove that's the way to do it isn't it Crocs? Yeah, not specialising too young. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a couple of quick ones. Just like, what are some of your interests outside of running? Um, so that's one question. And like, because you've just finished school, like, you have plans and go like plans of studying at university. And if so, like, what would you like to study? Yeah, um, good question. With the thing, uh, things I do outside of running, um. Honestly, through school, I guess that was such a big distraction. It was nothing else to do but um, school and running. So now I've got a bit more time on my hands. Um, Mum will say I'm very creative, so I like doing – I'll always bring something to draw or like at Falls Creek I brought this painting to do. So I like doing the creative stuff and just um, switching my mind to that, Um, just getting getting away from the running mindset and just doing something creative to take my mind off things. whether, yeah, painting or drawing, I'm not very good at it, but I enjoy it. Um, and, yeah, just still seeing and catching up with um, school friends. It's so great having um, such a big team with running but then still keeping in contact with school friends and being social I think is really important just to not lose that connection now that we've left school. It's sometimes hard to, you know, you don't see them every day because um, you have to. You sort of have to make the, make the um, time and things like that to do that. So just socialising with friends I really enjoy. Um, yeah, hang with family. I'm not sure. I don't do too many other hobbies now that all my eggs are in the basket of running. So I'm not sure. Yeah, not too many things. And uh, with university, I'm actually taking a gap year. This year I just thought after coming off um, so many years of school and I'm finally finished, I just want to have a year where I can really just focus on the one thing, which is running and not have something in the background taking away from that. Um, but I've got into um, occupational therapy at Monash for um, which I'll start next year which I'm really excited to do very good any more questions Jess no that's that's covered them all it's been yeah really nice to just hear where you're at Mm. and keep up the great work it's just it's so exciting to watch you race oh Oh, thank you so much guys really appreciate it what about favorite shooter jogging what's your go-to we've been testing out a few for the on range and very thankful for their support of the show yeah, there's honestly too many. I forget all the names of all of them. I'm very much a, a a runner who only sticks to sort of three shoes. I'll I'll try them out for um, the others for fun, but I don't like changing my my feet. Don't like changing too many shoes. So I absolutely love the monsters. I'll honestly do all my sessions in the even on the track if I could. Um, the monsters, the um, cloud flows. I do all my speed work in. Um, 
I know a lot of the team, most of the team uses the Echo Booms, but um, haven't been too much. I like them, but I really prefer the um, the flows, just not having any, like a more, less of a super shoe, so you're not getting, pulling up too sore all the time. And um, yeah, just the spikes. So just rotate those three. That's the honestly, honestly, the only shoes I wear, the monsters, the flows and my spikes. So Have you tried yeah. the second clan monster yet? Pardon? Have you tried the second version of it yet? The Cloud oh, Monster? Oh, yeah. Um, Cloud Monster 2s. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually been jogging in them quite a bit. I find they're a bit of a wider shoe, so my laces feel like they're a bit tighter, having to tighten them up a bit more. But um, definitely really enjoyed them, and we've actually had the opportunity to try the um, Hyper Monsters, which are really great for doubles and uh, longer runs, which I really enjoy. They sort of put me a bit forward on my shoes to get me rolling on those days where I feel like I can't sort of run when you're a bit tired. So I really enjoy those ones as well. All something to look out for there. Claudia, thank you so much for your time. We know you're super busy. Um, yeah, we really appreciate giving up 25 minutes of the Inside Run podcast. Oh, no worries. Thanks so much, guys. You guys are doing so great. I really enjoy listening. So thanks for having me on. No worries at thanks, all. Thanks, Claudia. Good luck with the rest See of the season. Bye. Bye. Jeez, sports in good hands, Jess. Oh, yeah. Croaks, sports. I could yeah. never string those kind of sentences together when I'm 18. No, I can't yeah, have 36, she actually. She really well. Doesn't she? Just so down to earth. A couple of good questions in there too, Croaks. Did you notice that? What? Jess and I got a couple of good questions. Y'all thinking you weren't going to get one here and they've stitched you up. I reckon her coach has got into you. Well, get, I had one question down. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask her about Craig's training philosophy, but I thought that may not go down so well after uh, what he said. <laughs> not with her coach. <laughs> this week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly sponsored by On. Confidence Boosted, the new Cloud Runner 2. The legend leveled up. With more support, more comfort, and more cushioning for more fun on every run. For professional athletes and new runners alike, our Helium Super Foam is a game changer. The upgraded midsole provides softer cushioning and higher energy return, plus CloudTech cushioning to absorb impact, so you can keep racking up the miles with confidence. From toe to heel, each element of the CloudRunner 2 is designed to support your foot during movement. A plush tongue means total comfort and easy step in, while a durable heel clip helps to lock in extra stability and support. Visit on.com or your specialty running store to grab your pair today. All right, let's go back and thank some Patreon supporters then, shall we? Do you want to go first, Bradley? Yeah, so I've got Tyler Cody um, from Wyndham Vale in Victoria. Now, when I was looking up Tyler's name, I'm like, oh, this name sounds familiar. Because when I was running predominantly 1500s, I reckon this guy was running more like 5K, 10K. Um, so, yeah, he's pretty solid back in the day. Um, according to his World Athletics profile, he's got PBs of 821 for 3K, 1421 for 5K, and 2943 for 10K, uh, all back in 2004. Um, also ran 70 minutes at Gold Coast Half and a 45-minute city to surf. Also had a whisper come across the desk. Well, not a whisper, it's confirmed that he was originally from Canada. He won silver at the Victorian 15K at Bandura. Um, where Magnus Mickelson won gold uh, and ran for Glenn Hartley. So, um, yeah, thanks for your support, Tyler. Silver in an AV race. Mm. That is yeah, good. I, yeah, he was a good runner. Like, and I reckon he ran, he must have run 29.40 at like Zatapec or something like back in yeah, 2004. Yeah. What year did you say that um, 15K was? Uh, it doesn't have it here. Doesn't have it? Because this, this came in from Alan, is it Fail? Uh, yeah. Failer? Yeah. 
Yeah, Al. Yep, so that was from him. Yeah. Reese Edwards' coach. Al finished, yeah, Al finished. Really? Well, he got Our coach, Reese Edwards. Advises him. Advises oh, him wow. only on a Wednesday. <laughs> no, I'm not That's even joking. Great. I think he gives him his Wednesday workout every week and then Reese <laughs> does what he wants every other day of the week. Who you got, Jess? See the blue riding there? That's your person. Demis Whelan. I uh, think he might be from Darwin, has run 17.58 at the 2022 Northern Territory 5,000 metre champs. Best 10K time of 36.53, which came during the 12K Darwin City to Surf. Uh, he ran 80 minutes at last year's Melbourne Half and a 2.44 at the Gold Coast Marathon. He's a project engineer at Sitzler um, PTY LTD, a construction company. Good on you, Seamus. It was pretty quick too. It'd be hard training up there, Darwin. Oh. Did I? What I did I? I? Did I say Seamus? You did. I was going to That's correct really you. embarrassing. Are you going to cut that out? Can... <laughs> hey, you're talking to the guy that embarrassed himself every couple of weeks, so I'm just glad reading, I got one. They're reading the letters as I saw them. Hey, that's, oh, that's all right, Jess. Just, it, shows you, it, shows you, it shows you human. Human. That's my Warwick moment. Yeah, that's what happens when Warwick. That's exactly how that looks, isn't yeah. it? Oh, Grant, Grant Pricks. Grant Pricks, exactly. <laughs> Let's just read words how they're written, eh? I'm going to thank yeah, you. I'm with you. I'm hey. with you, though, Brady. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't reckon I would run competitively if I lived somewhere like Darwin. It would just be too hard. Mm. So, yeah, kudos to all those people up there in, in North Queensland that are, that are running oh, yeah. a lot. If you're up there listening, thank you. Um, the only good thing would be when he's come down to Gold Coast to run 244 at the marathon, it's like, oh, this is a cold day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that would be a benefit there. I'm going to think, thank a legend of the uh, Athletics Victoria running scene, Anthony Rickards from Northcote, Victoria. Listen to these PBs, 8.58 for 3K, 15.07 for 5, 31.50 for 10, 69.57. That can't be right. Croaks, he would have went quicker than that for half marathon, 2.23 for the marathon at the 2007 Melbourne Marathon. He's still running sub 240s as a 50-plus-year-old. I reckon he's at all the AV races. Last year he ran 2.43 at Sydney and then 2.39 at Melbourne. So that's good going. He wasn't far off Moose, really, when you think about that 2.43 at Sydney. I know he placed in the 2007 Melbourne Marathon. Would have been up there. You know him, Jess? Ant? You would know Ant. Runs for APS? No. You know him if you've seen him, I reckon. Yeah, okay. He's the director at the Philip Chun Group, which is Australia's largest multidisciplinary consulting company providing building code accessibility and essential safety measures to the construction and development industry. So massive thanks to Ant, to Seamus and uh, to Tyler for their support of the Inside Running Podcast. If you like what we do, patreon.com forward slash Inside Running Podcast. A real treat today. Come on the feed, the monthly with Sinead and Ellie. Didn't even know that was getting recorded, Crooks. And Moose said, yeah, I hey, heard, boys, um, I'm doing some bonus content for you. Well, I heard uh, Ellie ended up in tears mm. as a result of something that Sinead said to her. Mate, I ended up with watery eyes. I wouldn't say tears, but watery eyes when I listened to it today. It you was, haven't listened yeah, to it yet. You'll know tears of I... laughter or? No, of like... Oh. Um, well, not of bad tears, just of like Sinead Sinead just being sweet. Yeah, she she prepared this speech, like a pump-up speech for Ali leading into the race this weekend. And she even said, she's like, Brady, if you're listening to this, you can cut it if it doesn't turn out good, but I've written it down. And she read it out, like probably a four or five-minute speech. And then, yeah, left left Ali quite emotional at the end, which um, I think a lot of listeners are going to be quite emotional listening to that. So that went on Patreon today uh, for extra elite supporters. We got all the early releases. You'll get Road to Osaka tomorrow. 
Um, yeah, a lot's happening this week with Osaka obviously happening. So we appreciate the support of our Patreon supporters over there. Let's go some running news, fellas and Jessica. I'm so used to saying <laughs> fellas on this show that that's what happens. The Murray Plant meet. I'll start with the uh, 800 metres, which we have just spoken to the winner. Claudia Hollingsworth got the win in 159.81, which is an under-20 national record. Abby Caldwell was second, two flat point five four. Katrina Biss at third, 201.41. What did you think of this, Croaks, when you were watching it? Um, I was shocked initially, um, just from Bendiri's point. Like, just she went so fast from yeah, from the in gun. Front of the pacemaker. I feel for the pacemaker in that situation. <laughs> she did her job. She went a second quicker than she was asked to, and it kind of yeah had no purpose. Yeah, like she's just got so much speed to burn. It's almost like it feels so easy for her until it doesn't. You know what I mean? It's like she's just cruising along, like oh yeah, this feels really comfortable, and then it's like. 300 to go it's like oh now it's not so comfortable anymore yeah, um, the low cadence really does make it look effortless it does mm. yeah but like i just wonder like it'd be interesting to see if next time because she's got so much raw speed like i know that towards the back end you know it's a bit more strength and she probably can't use it but it would have been interesting to see if she had just sat and and just to see what she had left with 200 to go um, yeah. but that, that that's what sort of took me by surprise at the start going like, how is this going to play out? Because I still think Bendiri will run a, a phenomenal 800 at some point. Um, but then, yeah, Claudia is just so strong. And it's a bit like what we were saying about Peyton last week. She just finds a way. Like, as you mm. said, finds that extra gear when it's really, really close. Um, and, yeah, like, for her to be able to, I guess, run over the top of, of Abby, like, you know, you, you're doing well. Well, you watched Abby in Adelaide and you're like, mm. oh, Abby's, a, you know, just a mm. cut above at the moment where these other ladies are at. And then Claudia's like, hold my beer, I'll be another cut above you. <laughs> like, yeah. she just... But to hear her also say, I was feeling really good with 100 to go or whatever. Like, can you imagine feeling good in an 800? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Craig, <laughs> like... have another gear. <laughs> yeah, because it was like that stall as well. Like, when she decides to go, she makes such a good move. It's like, why didn't you do that with 200 metres to go and absolutely run 157 kind of thing? I wonder if that's mm. their thinking. Because she almost yeah. finishes with too much running. But It's exciting yeah. because, as you said, so it's exciting. like she's so young, she's like... He hasn't run too many of these races. Um, she's now like full time, doesn't have school. Like she'll go over to some of these US races where, pay, like they'll be paced perfectly. She'll just get dragged along, and yeah, she'll run you know under one fifty nine. So probably next up. So exciting! The men's eight hundred wasn't on the um, the stream, the coverage, but uh, James Preston won that in one forty six zero two. Luke Boys was second in one forty six four, and Jack Lunn was third in one forty six five. Nothing to say there because we didn't watch it. Um, the John Alandy mile, though, was this the this is the headline event of the night, wasn't it? it was for me. Like I, yeah, I this was yeah this was the race that I was more interested in seeing just because it's as I said it was last week. It was like you got your two season campaigners in Stewie and Jake versus these two like junior runners that are running phenomenally in, in Cam and Peyton Craig. Um, and I was just interested to see how that played out. Obviously, Peyton didn't have a didn't have a great night, um, but the other three were were really good. Such a good race. We said last week. Remember when Ellie was like, "I'm backing Stewie," and I'm like, "Would you really be backing him if he's got Jake White and Whiteman?" And um, 
Cam mm. Meyer sitting on his shoulder with 200 metres to go. And that's exactly yeah. what panned out. But Stewie held on. He ran 3.52 flat. Jake Whiteman's 3.52.1. Cam Meyer's 3.52.4, which was an under-20 national record and the second fastest time by a 17-year-old um, behind Jacob's 3.52.28. Fascinating mm. race. Pace had dropped and then Stewie mm. was left to do the work, winded up slowly. And that last 100 metres... Um, Went wide to push Jake White in the home straight, and then Cam got a sniff up that up the inside of the line, and then Stewie shut the door on that. And then, uh, yeah, I, I watched it in my initial like Stewie obviously tactically brilliant that last hundred, but was it Cam Myers who lost the race himself? Do you think, Jess? What were you thinking watching in Adelaide? Could he have won that if I, he I, executed differently? Yeah, I didn't know if Stewie had seen what was happening there and I actually thought he was going to sneak through mm. um, but yeah I guess he was thinking he had to run particularly wide to get around Whiteman as well if he was going to you know go the other way and perhaps he didn't feel like he had it in him to win it that way and uh, yeah it it would be really interesting to to see what would have happened in that scenario <laughs> I'm with you Jess I think it would have been really hard because when they came off the bend like Stewie was already starting to drift wide a little bit because he, he felt like Jake was the threat. So Stewie was already like, you know, out in probably like right on the edge of lane one to lane two. And then from the camera angle, you could see that there was a, a decent gap up the rail. And that's when Cam like looked like he was sort of coming late. And then Stewie obviously realized that, oh, maybe Jake's not the threat here. Maybe it's Cam and, and just sort of shut the door a little bit on him. But I don't think Cam could have done much else because he would have had to go out into pretty much lane three um, mm. to go around those guys. Yeah, it um, wasn't like Stewie cut him off though either. No, like, no, the way no. The talking like, sounds like he's cut him off. No, but it was no, all, sorry. It was all, Stewie did nothing wrong. It was, all legal. It it was, was smart, great, if anything. It was yeah. great racing. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But, but that, I don't know who clipped who or whatever, but Cam sort of like stumbled. And yeah. like that, that was almost the difference, I reckon, because Cam sort of almost not walked across the line, but he lost so much momentum in that last 15 metres that it was potentially the difference between him um, getting Jakob's time. Mm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it looked like he'd kind of like switched it off because he had nowhere to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he'll learn from that. The kid's only like 17, isn't he? Goes again this Thursday, Cam. Does he? Talk about, yeah, talk yeah. about that at the end of the show. What about this women's 5K? <laughs> Set up perfectly with the uh, the pace that got him through the first K and then the Ethiopian went to the front. Not sure if they said it on the um, coverage, but in the notes I got sent, she was an official pacemaker. And then she finished the race. She came third. But uh, Rose Davies, she got the win in 1457, the fourth fastest Australian of all time, over 5,000 metres. And Izzy Bat-Doyle was also under 15 minutes in 1459. And Nades Merabatu was third in 1504. Holly Campbell ran a 50-second PB for fourth, 1510. Um, this was, yeah, set up for these ladies so well. Izzy did everything she could to get rid of Rose because she knew she had to get rid of her with two before 200 metres to go. And that was a pretty gutsy move from Izzy to do that. I think she went maybe, oh, I did see the splits, but I can't remember them off the top of my head. Maybe it was like a was it 70 into 68 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so pretty amazing running. Now we've now got five ladies under 15 minutes. Uh, Jess, what would you think watching this at home? I loved it. I really enjoyed watching this race. And you could see with two laps to go, Izzy was, was doing what she needed to do. You could see her glancing up at the screen. And, yeah, look, I thought there were so many strong results within that race. Seeing Holly Campbell, she looked really mm. comfortable mm. up there. And, um, yeah, it was 
very exciting time again for Australian running to see two girls um, under 15 and they just look so elated at the finish as well. It's pretty good croaks for Albert Park in Feb, a cold night. Like put that effort into an American 5K or somewhere in Europe in a Diamond League. These girls can go quicker than that again. Well, definitely, and it gives us confidence because obviously it's an Olympic year. The standards are way harder now. It's, what, 1452 maybe? Mm. Is that what the standard is? And so, you know, coming into this season, you're like, all right, well, Jess, if Jess wants to run the, the 5K, then she can. She's already got the time. But you're like, oh, it's going to be real tough for the rest of the Aussies to, like, probably get that time. But as you said, doing this at Albert Park this time of the year, like, they're probably going to get that time now. Well, and um, straight off Falls Creek, they wouldn't have been on the track yeah, in a while, I'd yeah. imagine. Yeah. yeah. That's why Stewie's run was impressive as well, I thought. He hasn't probably worn spikes for a month. I mm. <laughs> wonder um, how his calves are feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the men's, this was exciting as well. It didn't look exciting with probably, I don't know, 2K, 1.5K to go, but it got exciting late. Jack Rainey got the win, 13.16. Matt Ramsden tried to mow him down in the last 200 metres, 13.17. Robin Hendricks from Belgium was third, 13.19. Sam McEntee, a bit of a return to form, 13.31 to be the third Australian across the line. Ramsden gave him a scare croak, so I thought he was going to get him in that last 100 metres there, but Jack just found another gear. Yeah, it was impressive by Ramsden because, um, yeah, you normally don't see him come back like that in a 5K. So it shows he's got some pretty good strength. Uh, yeah, like it probably wasn't, you know, coming off the other races we'd had for the night, it, I'm not going to say it was a letdown, but it's just like, you know, I know it's this first race of the season for Jack and, you know, you're probably never going to run a super fast 5K at, um, at Melbourne. But you just look at the depth that we have at the moment over like, you know, the women's middle distance and 5k the men's you know 1500 um i feel like the 5k is probably just like lacking a little bit of depth like would you agree brady compared to those other races yeah yeah it was yeah i don't know the the fin yeah i guess the depth is what you're asking about but the finishing times i was quite surprised again to see a 13 16 and 17 at albert park in the middle of like yeah not the middle of winter but on a cold night Jack said, "Like that's that's his second fastest 5k ever. Yeah. So that's that's positive for first up. Um, but in terms of, like, I suppose us trying to qualify for, well, I guess you know Stewie um, would make the 5k if he wanted to. Um, I guess you've got Kai Robinson um, as our, you know, Morgan he'll McDonald. Get, we've got a lot of talent overseas. Yeah. So yeah. So I guess we've got a few of our better 5k runners that are probably overseas at the moment. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Ramsden does because like, you know, he'd obviously love to make the Olympics, but like the 1500 now, like, I don't know whether he can match the other guys in that sort of th- like 331, 332, 333. So is, is the 5k like his best option now? Surely. What's he got to find? 13 seconds. Yeah, so yeah, I'd say five k is probably where he's heading now. Yeah, work on that strength, getting a faster race. Because what, Brett? What's Jess? Yeah, like do you think Rams yeah. in like fifteen hundred days in terms of trying to make Aussie teams are are gone given like the current crop? Yeah, yeah, that's a stacked um, event at the moment, and I think he would have come away from that meet feeling really up and about, <laughs> um, and I'm sure he's seeing opportunity there. Um, Ah, it was a really strong run. And to, you know, not be going backwards at the finish, he was really mm. um, powering home. So yeah. I think we'll it, see more of him in the 5K. 
because as you said, Brady, it's like one like running a time at Lake Lakeside is completely different to going over to the US, and it's like same effort is probably worth 10, 15 seconds. You know, mm. like Jack Jack goes over to the US and gets in one of those races where there's just a massive train. And he probably breaks 13, probably breaks 13 minutes, or you know, very low 13 minutes. Um, and so Ramson's, you know, pretty much right there with him at the moment. Yeah, and um, like what Brett kept the pace for the first. Was he there for the first seven laps? Maybe I think he was meant to go to eight, but did only seven. Yeah, but yeah. must have run what two two point six k. Yeah, so like they had to do a bit of work themselves. Mm. Um, what do you think of the meet as a whole? Nearly a bit of a stuff up to watch it when um, I turned it on and I was watching hockey. For about 20 minutes there. Said the Murray Plant meet was showing, but it was a hockey game. I thought, oh, no. But then it turned it like It was a brilliant meet in the end. Crowds looked good. Mm-hmm. The fields were good. I thought they did a well, yeah, really good job of it in the end. Other than those, um, yeah, streaming broadcasting problems at the very start. It is just so pretty too, isn't it? The footage from above with the city in the background, the sun setting, the lake. It's just, yeah, it's it presents Albert Park and Melbourne really well. Yeah, the drone footage looked good. Like they've slashed, they've yeah, lashed out some money to get some of that stuff going. It looked good. Money and then well if, you know, and when you got Bruce in the commentary box as well, it's like you know mm. he he had such an element. Like he's just such a professional. Mm, did you see that video of him calling the yeah. men's mile? Yeah, it's <laughs> yep. pretty cool. Him jumping That's around so there. Good. <laughs> Do you reckon which meets better or bigger? That or Zatapak? Uh, I think Maury Plant now. It's got the international stuff. Like the international stars come over, don't they? Yeah, and it's not like Zatapak, I feel, still is very much distance based, whereas mm. the Maury Plant is a athletics meet. Out and out athletics meet, yeah. Yeah, all, yeah and I think they get a lot more field. people through the gates for this one. Like you just can see the stands are full in Maury Plant meet. Yeah, yep. All right, Craig, so let's go. Oh, no, Jess, you're going to take us to some sad news to Kenya again. Yeah, so the legendary Kenyan distance runner Henry Rono has died at the age of 72. Uh, Rono famously set four world records in 81 days in 1978 in the 3K, 732.41, 3,000-metre steeplechase, 805.4, 5,000-metres, 1308.4, and the 10,000 in 27.22.47. Uh, Rona never competed at the Olympic Games because of the Kenyan um, boycott in Montreal 1976 and Moscow in 1980, but he won a 3,000-metre steeplechase, 10,000-metre double at the 1976 All-Africa Games and a 5,300-metre steeplechase double at the Commonwealth Games. Mm. Pretty good. Greatest ever athlete not to compete in an Olympic (laughs) Games, doesn't it? Yeah, how's it like? That's... uh, Yeah, something out of your control. Yeah. 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 Even like this thing, like, like 1308 back in like 1978, mm. like it's pretty impressive. Yeah, 27 22. Mm. What's the Australian yeah. record? 27 Well, it's a bit quicker than that, it? isn't it? 27 10, something like that. Yeah, Actually, I think no, it's like... off my head. <laughs> 12 <laughs> maybe? 27? I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'll take you to Hobart for Run the Bridge. So, this is the race where the, the women head off. Um, ahead of the men based on the difference in course records. Um, and so obviously you get to see who crosses the line first. Uh, in the men's, uh, well, actually it was a female that crossed the line first. It was uh, an artist, Mebradu. So she finished third at, at Zatapec. Um, she, she ran 32.34. Uh, second female was Leanne Pompiani, 33.09. And she was third across the line. 
Uh, Sarah Klein was the third um, third female, running 34-18. In the men's, Robin Hendricks, he got the win 29-10 and was second across the line. Uh, Brett Robinson ran 30-13 for second in the men's, and Logan Janetsky was third in 30-28. See any of this, Brady or Jess? Uh, I did. I watched some of the coverage uh, when I got home from a run, maybe. I forgot it was on. Very little hype for this, mm. building into it. Um, I just re rewatched probably the last couple of Ks. Um, yeah, is Brett Robinson in a bit of a slump, you reckon? Looked like he kind of like gave up a bit. Like he should have should have beaten that guy from Belgium. Yeah, I didn't he see the I didn't see the footage. Pulled up pretty rough from um, the half Maragami, in Maragami. Yeah, yeah he's, I think he's been feeling a bit flat since that race. Yeah, yeah. Well, I noticed like yeah, obviously pulled a lap early in that pacing job, and Maragami probably didn't go the way he wanted to, and then this, and I'm like, you know what, Crokes? I think he just needs to get one on the board, send him down to Albert Park Park Run, <laughs> just destroy two thousand people <laughs> next Sunday morning. Just really show these people that are scared of, of fast runners rocking up to park run uh-huh. that there's a new boss yeah. in town. It's an interesting event because in previous years, like this has generally been pretty stacked, particularly um, like a lot of the MTC athletes, both males and females. But other than Brett, like there weren't any of them there. And like I know Maury Plant was on the Thursday, so then backing up for a 10K on the, on the Sunday yeah, it's probably not ideal, but does it just show the importance of this year being an Olympic year that, you know, their priority priorities are, you know, purely like on the track for those athletes in, in the short term? Potentially. Or was prize money cut? Did you look up yeah, prize no, money? Yeah, no, the, the prize money was still there because okay. I ran That's with Leanne um, the week and beforehand. And rather than have male and female prize money, it's the, you know, the line order. But I think it's something huge for first place. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. it's like 5,000 mm. bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, not sure why that, calendar. yeah. Yeah. Uh, a bit of drug news. So we spoke about Mo Katir, was it last week or the week before? But um, he has now accepted a two-year ban and will miss the Olympics this year and the world champs next year and obviously European champs in there as well. So, um yeah, that's the big drug news for the week. Not one person has come out defending this guy. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Like sometimes yeah. you see, like, oh, no, nah, this can't be true. They must be, like, innocent, da-da-da. I haven't seen that once. Not mm. even people. People aren't even shocked. Like, it's Well, just... I, think what pe- I think people were very shocked when he sort of burst onto the scene when they looked at what his previous PBs were. Mm. That, that was, I remember there was talk about that when he first came out going, wow, this guy was... I don't know, like what, maybe if th- uh, I actually should find it, but he was like a good national level runner <laughs> and then went bang and he was, you know, sub 13 minutes for 5K. Some of his excuses for the whereabouts stuff were pretty lame too, I think. Like he was trying to say it wasn't updating or something, but then their records show that he didn't even like try to log in on the dates it was meant to be. <laughs> it's all written there in the, um, the AIU stuff. Um, that's good. Can we skip listening to question croaks and just yeah. finish this yep. episode off? Hey, uh, Brady on the loose this week. See the quotes from Jakob during the week about Josh Kerr? About his uh, two-mile indoor record, not outdoor, yeah. indoor record. He's, I'll quote him. I would have beaten him blindfolded. It's good people are getting faster. It means I don't run alone. That's what Jakob mm-hmm. said about Josh Kerr's, yeah, which the indoor record is six seconds slower than what Jakob's run. But what are your thoughts on this? Because I hated it when I first saw it, but now I think I love it. 
feels like he's just trying to stir the pot. This is what we need, though, isn't it, Jess? (laughs) This is what we need (laughs) with women's marathoning in Australia. Someone's just got to come out. You're all way too nice to each other. This is your opportunity, (laughs) Jess. Who do you want to have a crack at? Could you run 223 blindfolded? Yes or no? (laughs) No. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah, I I think – I don't think he's – tongue-in-cheek like I think he probably believes what he's saying but he is just wanting to you know create some of these headlines and get a bit of chat happening yeah is it disrespectful Crocs uh oh no like I don't know I think there's enough there's enough beef between these two guys now that they don't care um and I think for probably both of them if anything, it probably helps them in a way. I feel like both of these guys can handle the pressure. I think it's the people that can't handle the pressure are probably the ones that wouldn't be saying this sort of stuff because then the spotlight is on them. Whereas you've seen um, both Kerr and Jakob, like they're often pretty good at backing up what they say. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's probably good for both of them in terms of fires them up and gets gets the most out of themselves. A bit like Ellie when people write Ellie off. It just oh, helps yeah. her. <laughs> Tell you what, yeah, she's real fired up behind closed doors, I think. She's going to drop a bomb this week, which does take me to the whispers. I'll tell you about a couple of people out for Osaka this week. Unfortunately, Tom DeCano is out of Osaka Marathon, which is really sad because Tom was on the show a couple of weeks ago recapping his week, talking about his goals, talking about the shape he's in and um, how good his build-up was leading into this. He's got a chest infection. He's had it for a couple of weeks too. So we, yeah, if you notice on Strava, he's done nothing for the last maybe week and a half. So that's sad news. Benny Saint was also meant to be running a Saka Marathon. Touch base of him today. I was trying to get a whisper, like, just tell me how good shape you're in, Benny, and I'll add a bit of mayonnaise to it and tell everyone you're going to break the Australian record kind of thing. But, um, yeah, he did inform me that he's also out of Osaka this Sunday as well. Um, which Is that due to illness or injury? Yeah, like chest infection re- as well, I think. He's just, yeah, yeah I think it's... Not as bad as Tommy's, but um, he was just like, didn't really want to run it, especially after he ran, um, remember when he did Sydney? And he, yeah, he, yeah, he finished it off, but he was sick leading up that to that as well. Brutal. So, yeah, I think you'll learn a lot from that. To, um, yeah, wanted to be 100% to race a marathon, which leads me into some whispers about predictions this weekend. Who you got? What are we, because people forgetting Lisa oh. Waitman's racing. It's gone under the radar a bit. Mm. No, it's going to be huge. Do you reckon she goes, like, for the Australian record, kind of like a 221, 222, or do you reckon she just tries to move that 223 low a tiny bit quicker to protect herself, maybe jump into Jen's spot? Mm, but Jen I, Gregson could be out of the three this time Sunday. Yeah. Just crazy it, to think. It's a really important race. Um, I don't know any background information, but I'd imagine that Lisa would be shooting for a PB. And, yeah, I think Ellie as well is, is capable of of running 2.22 or who knows. Um, she's she's a really smart racer. She's had a great physical prep and uh, it's just it's going to be incredible to watch it unfold. Have you had to pick one, Jess? Who do you think finishes first out of the two Australians? Um, well, I, it's, it's really it's hard, hard know, because I don't it? know yeah. um, Lisa's prep at all, but from... From what I understand, um, she was at some point going to go for that Australian record. So if she's shooting for that kind of time and everything goes well on the day, well, you know, she, she could perhaps go sub 222. Um, but I also think 
Ellie has, yeah, so much, so much there to give, and um, who knows what's possible. So it's it's a really interesting race in that there's that head to head element, but then there's the opportunity for them both to run faster than the Valencia times, and it just, uh, yeah, it makes makes the situation mm-hmm. even crazier. Certainly does. And then you've got Eloise, yeah. yeah. She's in Nagoya though, isn't she? Because there was some reporting that she was in Osaka as well, but she's not. Yeah, I think she might have been listed for a moment in the Osaka field, but she's doing Nagoya in March. Yep. Crokes, what do you think is going to happen? Oh, I don't know. Like, it's really hard to make predictions. One, because, like, I haven't really seen either training because, like, um, I don't know, is Lisa on Strava? I don't follow her if she's on Strava, but I, I... guessing she doesn't put everything up on Strava and Ellie's obviously gone off Strava. Um, but what I'm sort of interested in now with Lisa's position, it was like, you know, there was talk about the Aussie record going down, or, you know, she wanted to have a crack at the Aussie record in Valencia and got sick. And like, you know, the time that she ran given she was sick was, was impressive. But now that she's sort of dropped down a spot, like can you afford, can she afford to be really aggressive and, and, you know, go for that Aussie record, but then, you know, fade and, you know, have like Ellie beat her or her run, you know, slower than what she did in Valencia. Like, because then that, maybe that's when then the selectors start mm. sort of looking at, okay, well, you know, yeah, Valencia, you're sick, um, but then you've not run well in, in Osaka. So it'll be interesting to see whether, yeah, it's still the Aussie record or whether it's more, as you said, Brady, just doing enough to secure secure her spot in that top two. Um, yeah, and then there's obviously the head-to-head with Ellie. Yeah. I would have thought to, if you're looking to secure your spot, you might pick one at the very end of the qualification period because you might not end up having to run it. Mm. Like if you sort of thought, I might be safe here, but I'll have, you know, London or something or a quick one, maybe Hamburg, later on in case I need to run that one. It's Yeah, it, there are some risks, I guess. It's... Mm. It's an interesting one. Perhaps you start thinking you're going to shoot for a particular time and then if you're not quite feeling that, you do just more race race the race itself. I hadn't really thought of the head-to-head with Valley thing either, Croaks, for like selector's mm. discretion. Because yeah. I always just thought about it with Izzy, but I thought Lisa obviously got her at world chance pretty convincingly. That would overwrite the Izzy head-to-head. But if there's times two head-to-heads, then it, yeah, it gets fascinating. Mm. Uh, what are your predictions, Brady? Well, hopefully I'm in front of both of them, to be honest. Like I've had a <laughs> hopefully you don't see them at 38k when they both go flying past me. Um, but I'm just looking to so Jen Gregson 223.08. That's the second time at the moment um, that, yeah, potentially one or two of them's got to be trying to get under. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, it's, yeah, like I think for both of them to run at 222.30, 223 flat pace, they can do for 32 35k and it's going to be a matter of who can hold it for the last seven and they're both tough they're both amazing races like Mm. yeah and i don't know if lisa has paces either um because ellie's been talking about who she'll be running with and i think it's, it's really nice to have familiar people around you. It can relax you in a race, and I'm not sure what Lisa's setup is in that regard. Yeah. If you're Lisa, you just go with that, don't you? It depends. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. Mm. It's hard to know. Jess, do you have a prediction for Brady and Julian? <laughs> what do you got, Jess, in the head-to-head? 
Yeah, I, I don't understand <laughs> men's marathoning and the training as well as the women's. So hearing your preparations doesn't it's, – it's really hard to pick it. Um, Very diplomatic can, answer there, Jess. <laughs> I think you can both go really well and I think Moose is the more – um, it'd probably be more likely to go conservatively at the beginning. And perhaps if that means that you'll um, follow suit, it'll really come down to the, the final 10Ks between you two. Like I think if Moose wasn't in the race, um, you'd potentially run the first half a bit harder than you might with him there. So I don't know where I've got this reputation from, Crooks. I've done it like one's <laughs> gone out too hard in a marathon. People just think I'm like this trailblazer and like kamikaze. It's more, Remember it's a more probably I think that Moose goes out that. like a bit um, safer. Yeah. It's not oh, necessarily that you're the kamikaze guy, but that he's a, <laughs> a smart yeah. racer in the first half. I'm just looking well, forward well, to spending well, Brady, some time many, with him. How, how many marathons have you negative splitted? None. Yeah, Zero. so... There's, there's the reputation. I've also, like, Com- ne- other than my debut, to, to- I've never run slower than 221. Like, people think I'm, like, yeah. you see some of those results from Seville. Guys are coming in, like, 226, 225, 228s. Like, I never had those disaster blow-ups. No, but potentially no, if you're more conservative through halfway, you would have run faster than what you've run because you would have run a significant ne- negative yeah. split. Which, yeah. which moves does Julian, Julian's PB and my PB are both pretty big negative splits yeah so yes. that's probably where you get the reputation compared to yeah because i'm compared like, to you two fucking just nail it perfectly guys <laughs> so anyway no i think you're both going to have a really good day though it'll be fun weather looks cold croaks was it eight degrees yeah Is it w- windy uh it doesn't say yet i don't think i think it, might... it was a bit too cold for moose last year wasn't it he said he had to hang around at the start line and yeah, he was really in a different cold. program last year as well. We'll yeah. we, don't, we don't talk about last year. Moose <laughs> in Osaka. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask him for some details about the second half of the course, and I remembered he didn't finish the race. <laughs> anyway, that'd be good. Uh, what's going up, Croaks? New South Wales Milers meet. Oh yeah, this um I didn't know this was happening until I saw a post yesterday on Facebook. But listen to this: Jake Whiteman, Cam Myers. Jai Edwards, Matt Ramsden, uh, I think Callum Davies is having a run. Uh, the guy that's over here with Jake um, from the UK. Um, like, yeah, so that's a Bankstown on Thursday night. So that's going to be an awesome race, uh, 1,500 metres. I'm not cool. sure if there's a live stream. Surely they put that on. Someone's uh, got to get out there have a phone, Instagram live it or something with a field like that. Yeah, it would be good. be good to watch. So if you're in Sydney, get out to uh, the Crest at Bankstown Matt Thursday Whip- night. Matt Whitbread be all over that. Jess, mm. what are you doing between now and um, next time we talk to you? Training? Anything special coming up in your life? Um, no, it really is just about getting the training done. Um, yeah, I've got a, um, a Lululemon event coming up in Sydney uh, on Wednesday, so fly out for that tomorrow. Um which I'm excited about, but other than that, uh, not too many plans. What's the event? Just um, shoes? I can't say. Oh, <laughs> oh, you can't even tell. Oh, I guess we're on a podcast, but I'm like, you can't even tell the other. You can't even tell the other Lululemon guy. I clearly have not um, been invited to this event, Bradley. <laughs> you know, you know where you sit in the pecking order. No, I'll be in Japan. I'll be in Japan. They know I'm in Japan, so it's like, yeah. don't yeah. go invite him. 
Um, yeah. Jess, between now and your marathon, are there, do you have any races or like to sort of just check where your fitness is at or is it all just going to be training between now and then? No, we spoke about that when I came on last year and I had to think about it. I think, Brady, you mentioned run for the kids and I weighed up the pros and cons and I think it's just going to be better to really focus on training and not worry about trying to freshen up for a race or have to recover from a race and take that pressure off. I'm pretty comfortable that I can push myself really hard in training if it's a focused session and uh, I've got some, you know, people to to hit a bit of a time trial with. Um, At this stage, I haven't sort of seen any time trial style sessions in my program, but Adam's riding it really week to week at the moment. So uh, I won't be racing which will make um, yeah, April 7th I think even more exciting um, being the first race in, uh, yeah, a year and a bit. Exciting times. Uh, split streams for um, trackers for Osaka. No idea. We're getting heaps of messages about that already, how to watch and stuff. Zach will be in charge of our Instagram account, though, on Sunday morning. You and him, Croaks, might be able to do some um, Instagram work to mm-hmm. let the people know what's happening during the race. What, so what time's your race start? No, I think it's 9.30 or 9 a.m., which would be like 11 a.m. Melbourne time. Perfect. People come off their long run. East Coast. Straight into Osaka. Get yourself a big M, maybe a (laughs) Calippo or something. (laughs) Sit down and watch a stream when you can't understand any words. All the best. Good luck, Brady. Thank you so much for filling in. Really appreciate that. Good work, Croaks. We got there. Um, Yeah, Road to Osaka tomorrow for Patreon and then Friday, Saturday for everyone else. Thanks, guys. That was fun. See ya. Good luck, Brady. Thank you, Brady. Go get it. Yeah, Go get 2930 it. 2930, Croaks. 2930, we'll take it. <laughs> See you later. Special thanks to On for sponsoring this episode of the Inside Running Podcast, the new Cloud Runner 2 for no bad runs ever. With more support, more comfort, and more cushioning for more fun on every run. For professional athletes and new runners alike, our Healing Superphone is a game changer. The upgraded midsole provides softer cushioning and higher energy return, plus cloud tech cushioning to absorb impact, so you can keep racking up the miles with confidence. Visit on.com or your specialty running retail store to grab your pair today.